If we've not had the chance to meet, my name is Kurt. I serve as lead pastor here. If you're joining us online, thanks for continuing to show up there. I mean, how many of you love showing up to online meetings at work? No hands raised. Like, I mean, it's okay. It's nice that we have technology. There is something so important about the incarnational reality of, like, I can see you, like, smiling eyes. Like, right now I see a lot of smiling eyes. That's what I see. But there's something about being in your presence. And I just want to say, like, this has nothing to do with my message this morning. We believe in Jesus that God's heart is to be present to his people. The hope of Jesus is that the promise is the Holy Spirit, God's presence with his people. Can I get an amen? Like, this is the, this is the deal. And then here's the beauty of it, and we're going to see this today. In the church, God has said, I want my people to be present to all people that I love. Let's pray. God, I pray that today you would come and just begin to move. Like wherever we are, I pray you would move us. Whatever we're experiencing that's from you, we just say more, Lord. God, as we have come and we've, we've declared your glory, we've invited you, I pray that as we open your word, you, Holy Spirit, would lead us to truth. You, Holy Spirit, would speak to the things in our lives. That we would experience the conviction that we're going to see in Scripture today. That we wouldn't just read these as stories of days gone by, but they would be a reality of the move of your kingdom here and now. In Jesus' name, amen. We've been in a series that we titled Exponential. And what we're seeing is that when we share our journey of faith with other people, the reality of God in you and through you, when you begin to share that with others, it has exponential impact here on the earth. Jesus was incredibly clear to his early followers, you will be my witnesses. It wasn't, hey, if you want to join a serve team, check a box on a connect card. That was, I was poking fun. That's, like, you will check the box, I'm a witness. You will live a life to be my witnesses. You will share the hope of Jesus and the story of God to those around you. You will receive the Holy Spirit as you wait on the Holy Spirit. There was a declaration of this is who you are because of me. And I just want to encourage you, you're going to see it in the text today, but that is true of us today. Last week we talked about this idea that as followers of Jesus, we are to receive and respond. He says, wait for the gift that I will give you. Wait for the promise of my Father. So what they do? They sat down. They waited. You were in a great, I said this last week, you're in a great posture right now. There's nothing like more beautiful to me than a God who says, receive my power and my life. I'm not waiting for you to generate something. God's saying, I want to pour into you. And when I pour into you, I just want you to respond out of my love. I want you to respond out of my power. I want you to respond out of the life that's in me. This isn't about our striving. This isn't about our religious spirit. This is about a, a humble heart in God's presence. This is good news. This is about a God that wants to encounter you as you wait early in the morning. Anybody morning people? You like to beat the sun up? Oh, God is ready to pour into you. How many of you are late night owls? Yeah, God wants to pour into you in those places and spaces so that you're ready to pour out. Let me give you an example of what it looks like to be a witness and what it looks like to receive and respond to God. Um, about a little over a year ago, um, I had the honor of becoming lead pastor of this church community. We just celebrated 22 years. 
And there was, this, there was this thing called a pandemic that hit like four weeks into the journey. Anybody ever had experienced stress at work? Three people laughed. It's okay. I'm not lead comedian. No, it's, I'm not lead comedian. Everybody, everybody's, everybody's experienced stress at work. So what I began to realize in my own life is that I worried. I worried. And what was interesting is I've been spending time with a spiritual director. A spiritual director is somebody you meet with and you explore where God is at work in your life. And they listen and they ask helpful questions. And basically for an hour you slow down and you just pay attention to what you're experiencing and where God is meeting you. It's super helpful. So I've been doing this on a journey. And I just began to realize like I am worried. I'm worried about the future. I'm worried about things in my life. And here was the, here's the funny thing. I realized nobody knew it. Because my mask is off and I can do this. Hey, how you doing? You good? Yeah, things are good. It's all good. There was a disconnect between what was seen on the exterior and I think the amount of worry I had on the interior. Anybody ever been there? You go, Kurt, I thought you were talking about like witnessing to Jesus. Yeah, keep listening. As we tell our story and we acknowledge the places we're weak, we're insufficient, I sense the Lord invite me to just name what I long for. I long to live a less worried life. It's interesting, Jesus says, come to me, all you who are tired, who are worried. Let me show you what it looks like to trust your life with me. And so I've been working at that. I've been working at that. We just had a baby four weeks ago. And um, I remember telling my wife, Lauren, I said, I think I'm the least worried I've ever been as we've welcomed one of our kids into our home. And I could just connect the dot. A year later of naming, God, I I worry more than I want to. Would you come by your spirit? Would you encounter me? I want to receive your peace. I want to receive a greater measure of trust that you are good and that you have me and that my future is secure and that my family can rest in you, the good provider, the alive God who's resurrected, who promises the spirit. And guess what? It's happening. Is it perfect? Nope. Just ask anybody around me. I'm not perfect. It's okay. Is there more of God's presence? Yes. Yes. The witness of my life is God is meeting me in the places I need to be met here and now. And I'm beginning to see over a year that the transformed reality of my own heart matters as a parent. It matters as a leader. It matters as a friend. There is hope. If you are here today and you've been experiencing worry, my witness to you is that Jesus, by the Spirit, wants to speak to your heart and to your mind. There is hope found in God's kingdom. As we witness, we realize that we are all invited as followers of Jesus. If you're here exploring faith, keep exploring, keep looking. But here's what I want you to know. To follow Jesus is to live the mission of Jesus. Period. Think about that for just a second. To follow Jesus is to live the mission of Jesus. And what this does is it breaks an individualized faith and it calls us into a community and it calls us to care for people to the ends of the earth. It calls us into his story and it calls us to proclaim the reality of what he's doing, to proclaim the hope of Jesus, to proclaim the kingdom of Jesus, to proclaim the mission and ministry of Jesus, which we will see today is one that is beautiful 
and it's convicting and it is life-giving. So I want you to join with me. We're going to read a longer passage of scripture today, Acts 2, 14 through 41. And I was a little bit like, ah, you know, like that's a lot, right? But what's cool is when it unfolded, as the account in Acts unfolds, this is how much kind of unfolded right there in the midst. So I just figure I'm going to preach what Peter preaches, which makes it kind of easy for me because I'm just going to read. But here's what I want for us to do in the room and online. Don't just kind of like at a distance go, oh, yeah, I'm listening to that. Imagine you're there. Imagine Peter steps up in the midst of this outpouring of the Spirit. Imagine Peter is there in front of you and you're listening and you're kind of asking this question, what is going on? Put yourself in the context. In verses 12 and 13, we read these last week, it says this. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Okay, so just put yourself in the position. What does this mean? Here is what happens. I need to get to the right book of the Bible. There we go. Acts 2. Acts 2. What does this mean? There were some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. Here we go. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. Are you listening carefully? Okay, just making sure. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. They will speak to the glory of God. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs in the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Let hope begin to grip your hearts and your creative minds. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did among you through him as yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, Put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. David, even David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me because he was at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest in hope because you will not abandon me. Because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. And you will fill me with joy in your presence. Fellow Israelites. I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried in his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet. 
and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life. God has raised this Jesus to life. And we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified both Lord and Messiah, both Lord and Messiah. And when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who are accepted this message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. What captured your heart as we're just reading scripture, as we're experiencing what happened for the church, as we are becoming like the recipients of their witness, of the witness of Peter? What's capturing your heart? Are you gripped with hope? Do you sense the invitation? What is the Holy Spirit Stirring up for you. One of the things that I want to start with as we unpack this, I'm going to unpack some thoughts that I felt like God just inspired for me, is this. Walking together is central in our faith journey. Now just think about it. If if you've been around the church For those who may have been around the church, when you see a passage like this and it says, then Peter stands up, do you just think, man, that like that Peter guy, like, he was pretty unique. Like, I'm not Peter. Anybody ever feel that when you you read scripture? Like somehow you read this story and you think, like, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. I want you to pay attention to something. Then Peter stood up with the 11. Then Peter stood up with the 11, the disciples of Jesus who had been kind of first identified, stood up as a community. He didn't stand up by himself. He didn't stand up and go, I got this. He stood up with his community, the people who had walked with Jesus, had seen Jesus, 
and he begins to speak. Now think about this for a second. What do we know about Peter? Peter was called to walk with Jesus and did. Peter was the one who proclaimed Jesus as the Messiah. Pretty powerful moment. A lot of faith, a lot of revelation in his life. In Matthew 16, Peter is rebuked by Jesus. And Jesus looks at him and says, Satan, get behind me. At the crucifixion of Jesus, Peter is asked multiple times, hey, you're one of those Jesus followers. No, not me. Denies even being one of his followers. Which Peter stood up in power and in faith declaring what God was up to? All of it. All of it. The context for this is a life transformed by the power of Jesus, empowered by the Spirit, which is what you and I, what we are invited into. And it has to be done, walked out together. He needed a community who would restore him, who would say, I still see the work of God in you. You're not disqualified. You're not discounted. But you are one who encountered Jesus, and you experienced the restorative work of Jesus so that he could proclaim with power the truth of Jesus' life bigger than his best moments and bigger than his biggest failures. This is the story we are all invited to be, people who will proclaim. Our proclamation is not because we're Peter and we figured it all out and we walked with Jesus. He proclaimed scripture. And you can too. When we walk together and we read God's word together, he's anchoring himself in the story of God through the Old Testament scriptures, through the Old Testament prophets who were witnessing what God was going to do, who were proclaiming what God was going to do. And then they walked it out. They walked it out. I, I just, okay, I feel a little, I, here, I know it's a little bit unique kind of in a room and we're masked up, but like for those in the room, do you feel the invitation here? Like, I just, what I'm trying to say in this first moment is that as we walk together, God has called all of us to witness, and each of you have a witness to tell. And right now, I could say, come up here with me. Come up here with me. Let's do this together. What is God doing in your life? That is your witness. What have you seen God do in your life? That is your witness. He didn't stand up and go, hey, you know, like, I walked on water. He didn't stand up and go, Man, I'm such a failure. He proclaimed the scriptures that told of the kingdom of God and the work of God and said, come be a part of it. If you want to be a witness to Jesus, I just want to tell you, here's my tip. Spend time in scripture. Every day, fall in love with Jesus because Jesus is revealed from Genesis 1-1 all the way to the end of Revelation. God the Father is revealed from the get-go all the way through for eternity. And the Holy Spirit is being poured out. The Holy Spirit was there at creation. The Holy Spirit will be with us all the way through. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are revealed in Scripture. And we need to be a community who anchor ourselves in Scripture. And I think a, if, you're, if you're here exploring faith, you have not made a decision to follow Jesus. Jesus is revealed in Scripture, the early church 
witnesses that when Peter stands up and goes, the prophet Joel, King David. We have a witness and a history that we are a part of. Proclaim Scripture. When we connect with God in Scripture, we discover that the wisdom of God and the life of God is revealed by the Holy Spirit to us so we can understand the ways of God and the truths of God and the precepts of God so our life can be a flourishing life in relationship with God. Does that sound nice? It is available to you every day. Every day. Spend time in Scripture and proclaim Scripture. Proclaim Jesus. That's what I love about Peter. Peter just stands up and goes, hey, here's the deal. It was the plan of God. And Jesus came and he was validated through signs and wonders and through these miraculous moments and these encounters. And it says people knew that Jesus was the Messiah. So when, when we in, are encouraged to be witnesses, which can feel daunting and big, just proclaim Jesus. What do you know of Jesus? Where have you experienced Jesus? What is Jesus teaching you about your life? That's what you proclaim. That's what they proclaimed. And one of the greatest things about Jesus is that the tomb is empty. The tomb is empty. The power of death the power of sin could not hold him. He bore the weight of the sin of humanity. He bore all of my sin and all of my shame. And then he right-sizes it. And all of the sin in my life gets super small because of what does it say? It was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. The resurrection life of Jesus dwarfs my failures and my sin and my shortcomings. And I bring all of my best and I bring all of my worst to Jesus and my story and my proclamation. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. For the early church tells me so. For my church tells me so. We proclaim Jesus because the story of Jesus is bigger and better than anything that we have. Our best days and our worst days. Talk about Jesus. God revealed Jesus. How do you have conversations with people about Jesus? Well, you tell them, I, I actually am more worried about my life than I let on. And Jesus is meeting me there. That's how we proclaim Jesus. Jesus is the giver of life. Jesus steps into the story and wants to meet all of us. Do you know him? Is your life being impacted by the voice of Jesus in the scriptures? Are you walking the way of Jesus? If you are, you have a great proclamation for the people around you. We proclaim scripture. We proclaim Jesus. And here's the, here's the one I love. We get to proclaim good news. We get to be the opposite of the local news. We don't have to tell stories of death. We don't have to tell stories of hatred. We don't have to tell stories of brokenness over and over. We get to proclaim good news. We get to proclaim hope. We get to proclaim life. 
proclaim good news. Here's a challenge to all of us, okay? This is a challenge to all of us. Think about the way you talk about the world. How do you talk about the world? I want us to pay attention to what's happening in Acts 2. In Acts 2, I think it's about verse 40. My memory tells me right. With many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. That's about as bad news as it got. The generation that they're preaching to is corrupt. The, the, the generation that we live in is corrupt. Cool. We can, let, we can let that be what it is. We have a better story to tell. The church of Jesus has a proclamation that there is a different story, there is better news, there is good news, and we can give our voice to be people who say, hey, there's an incredible hope for you in Jesus. There's an incredible life for you by the Spirit. God wants to do good things in the earth. He wants to give you dreams that are from the kingdom of heaven. He wants to give you visions of things being made right and made new. He wants you to prophesy to the glory of God and the goodness of God. So let our voice be a proclamation of good news. Do you think it's needed? I'll answer for you. Yes. Yes. How many of you love getting good news? Everybody. It's like Alan said, when he goes to Starbucks and somebody pays for your coffee, you're like, that is good news. When somebody pays for your life, it is good news. When somebody pays, not just for the eternity to work out, but to say, heaven, come here to earth, it is great news. The tomb is empty. There is life and it's resurrection power. Okay, I'm excited about this. <laughs> Proclaim invitation. Oh, church, come on. Proclaim the invitation of Jesus. Pay attention to what God's doing here. In verse 12, the crowd. What does this mean? There's confusion, there's a lack of clarity, there's uncertainty. And just to be clear, it says that there were Israelites, there were the people of God who were gathered. They knew the scriptures. They knew of God. And they were confused and they said, what does this mean? In verse 12, they say, what does this mean? Do you ever been there? In verse 37, they say, what shall we do? As Peter is proclaiming the scriptures, as he's proclaiming Jesus, as he's proclaiming the hope, as he's proclaiming resurrection life, as he's proclaiming the kingdom, it moves to their heart. And they say, what shall we do? And they get invited into the family of God. They get invited to the hope of Jesus. We need to invite people into the family of God. Invite them into the hope of Jesus. Invite them into the love of God. Invite them into the resurrection life that is found in Jesus. Invite them into life by the Spirit. Say, God wants to pour his Spirit out on you. He wants to pour his Spirit out into your marriage. He wants to pour his Spirit out into your parenting. He wants to pour his Spirit out into your friendships, into your education, into your work, into your free time, into your money. He wants the wisdom of heaven and the life of heaven to be poured into your life. Come be a part of it. Come walk with us.
says 3,000 were added to their community that day. Proclaim the invitation of God's kingdom. It says it's for all people. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. We get to proclaim the invitation of God, which is God loves you, and he's inviting you to freedom because we can proclaim forgiveness. God is ready to meet you right where you are. Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Here's what I I just find so wonderful about this. We don't have to proclaim, get your life right, and then come be a part of what we're doing. Hey, get all cleaned up. We just get to proclaim, come. Come and surrender who you are that you might be saved. I know it was just up there saying, in our surrender, we're saved. Proclaim forgiveness. Like right now, there is immediate forgiveness for you with anything going on in your life that is outside of God's best. There's forgiveness for relationship fractures. There's forgiveness for like things that have you gripped that keep you from being free. There is forgiveness from the power of sin, and there's forgiveness for when we do sin. There's forgiveness for the ways we lived outside of God's best, known and unknown. Repent and believe, be baptized, receive the promise of God. Proclaim promise. This is, I'm just going to finish here, and then we're going to pray. This, this got me this morning. I don't know if you can tell, I'm on the verge of tears a couple times in trying to deliver this message. And they're probably about to break through, so just bear with me. I experience the Holy Spirit sometimes in tears. Sometimes I experience the Holy Spirit in chills. Sometimes I experience the Holy Spirit in weeping, in joy. Proclaim promise. Here's the deal, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, this passage has such good news. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. For all who the Lord God will call. I was a far off one. I was one that God called. I was one whose parents followed Jesus, and I was one that children. And now I'm sitting in the parking lot before church, and we have worship music on. And our four-year-old says, Dad, turn it up. And he begins to just sing, what a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. This is the work of God. It is the promise of God. It is not anything that we do, but we receive. And it's for all who are far off. Think about the farthest off person in your life. Think about the person that you think, man, they are so far off. And God says, I want to call them 
into my family because I love them. And however far off they are, that is not more powerful than my love for them. And it's not more powerful than the resurrection power that I displayed in Jesus. And the promise of the Spirit is for them. And it is for you. And it is for anybody that you will call your kid, your spiritual son, your spiritual daughter. Church, rise up to the promise of God. And proclaim the hope of Jesus. Because there are people in your life that are not going to join us online. There are people in your life that do not want to come hear me preach. There are people in your life who God loves. Because the message of Jesus is to be proclaimed in word and deed. And he says this in John. This is the whole thing. Alan said it. He set it up perfect. I was like, way to go, Alan. I don't, even, I don't even know if you read my notes. John 13, 34, and 35, a new command I give you. Now I'm all snotty. Oh, this is gross. Gosh, you're going to be glad I'm wearing a mask when I get off the stage because now you're, like, concerned. Oh. A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. The only way we do this is by the power of the Holy Spirit and the promise of the Holy Spirit. And I just don't know, I, I don't know of anything else to pray, but come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Capture our hearts, capture our lives, capture our words, capture our deeds that we would proclaim you. A multi-generational move of God. I just, here, here's, here's what's happening for me, and I actually think it's an invitation for us. When I read this passage and I think about the work of God and the ministry of Jesus, I just think, where would the Spirit speak to us about, about not settling for a comfortable faith, but being called into the fullness of his work that says, I have come. The promise of my kingdom, the promise of my spirit is that it be poured out on you, on your children, on all who are far off. That we would begin to have hearts in love for one another that are breaking and saying, forgiveness is big enough for whatever you might be experiencing. Come to this community of forgiveness. The forgiveness is so great, I'm going to step forward and say, God, I repent for the places in my life I've held back. I've done my own thing. I live out of my own kind of control or my own just, I've just kind of decided like, that. Ah, I'm good. Set me free from complacency. What shall we do? Church, what shall we do? Proclaim that Jesus is Lord and proclaim the promise of the Holy Spirit. 
So Jesus, we ask by the power of your spirit, a promise to come. So, so beautiful to see what it looks like to walk together in community. God, when your spirit moves, it does, it cuts to the heart. Last week, we experienced some specific words. I just think today, it's just like the people then. Holy Spirit, would you speak to the heart of every person gathered here, to every person who will connect with this message? We say, come. Come with your promise. I'm going to ask uh, you to take a risk with me. We're just going to try this. Might not be, it might not be right, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to have a little bit of uh, just a sense of what the Lord's inviting. I think that there are two primary groups that I just want to invite you to respond today. I'm just going to ask you to stand right where you are. And we're going to have both groups stand at the same time. We're not trying to expose anybody. We're not trying to, we're just trying to be responsive to the Spirit. And I think there's a group that's hungry for more of the Spirit. Like you just are here today and you go, I need that. I need the promise. I want more of what God is doing. Like, you're a follower of Jesus. I just think God wants to pour into you. And I, if you're here today and you go, that does not describe me at all, the group that actually describes you is you would be one who's far off. But today, by the grace of God, the move of the Spirit cutting to your heart, you just go, I feel far off, but I want to be closer, and I want to just experience, I want the promise. Like, I used to think the promise wasn't for me because I was so far off. I want to experience God call me into his family. I'm going to ask those two groups of people to stand, and we're going to just pray for you right where you're at. If you want more of the Holy Spirit, or you just kind of feel like I'm far off. And there's, don't stand unless it applies to you, because if you're sitting, you're going to help me pray for people from where you are. So there's no pressure, no, there's no pressure to stand. This is not, this is just about you and what God's doing, and that, you're a part of a community where God is at work in people. So if you're sitting, here's what I want you to do. I just want, I want this to be a moment where you're willing to turn and see the work of God in others. And um, just ask God to give you a heart. And wherever, from right where you're sitting, just you can join me. I'm going to pray out loud. I'm going to pray over this, these people. We're just going to ask the Holy Spirit to come. And we're just going to watch. We're just going to wait. It's okay. So, Lord, we just say thank you for the ways you are at work. We ask for more, Lord, more Holy Spirit. The way you have faithfully poured out your spirit through generation to generation of the church, we ask, come today. Come today, Lord. For those who are hungry, we ask, pour it out. For those who feel far off, would you speak the welcome of your kingdom 
for the forgiveness of sins that says the story God is writing over your life is greater than anything that has been written to this point. The ministry of Jesus, the resurrected one, the power of the Spirit marks you as one that is his, calling you into his family, calling you his son and daughter. You are a child of God. That is the most true thing about you. Just as he restored Peter, you can be restored too. So Holy Spirit, just minister. Speak to hearts. Speak to minds. And I just pray right now for the entire room, would you help us answer those things in our heart? What shall we do? That we would be spirit-led, we would be spirit-guided, we'd be spirit-empowered people. For the people at home who are watching, would you pour out your spirit on them? We say, come, Lord Jesus, by the promise of your spirit, may, us, may we be a people full of you, full of your presence, full of your power. Yes, Lord. I want to invite everybody to stand together because here's the thing. No matter where we are in our journey, we can stand as a community. We can be invited into what God's doing. I just want to pray a prayer of blessing over everyone. And then if you need more prayer, if you just are going through something, come. If you're here and you go, man, I'm so discouraged because, like, I think something's supposed to be happening and nothing's happening. Let us pray for you. Let us pray for you. They were just sitting in a room waiting on God. Continue to wait on God. Lord, I bless this community to be people who will wait for you to come and move, God. But at the same time, I bless this community to be a people who know you are revealed in Scripture, you are revealed in Jesus, and you are revealing yourself today because you are alive. Fill us with hope, Jesus. Give us opportunities this week to proclaim your kingdom, to extend invitation. Let us use every place we have a voice to give voice to good news, to give voice to Jesus. I bless these people to receive your kingdom in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.